Our text today comes from the book of Hosea, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. You can follow along on page 7 in your bulletin. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the further they went away from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals, and they burned incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with bands of human kindness and cords of love. I treated them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They will return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria will be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword will strike wildly in their cities. It will consume the bars of their gates and will take everything because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they cry out to the Most High, he will not raise them up. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Adama? And how can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart winces within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I won't act on the heat of my anger. I won't return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a human being, the Holy One in your midst. I won't come in harsh judgment. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There is an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where the Enterprise has to transport a famous mediator named Riva to another planet to end hostilities that are taking place. Riva was from the ruling planet, ruling family of this planet, and, car- and carried a common trait in that family in that he was born deaf. He spoke in sign language, but he also spoke in a different way. He was accompanied by three people, two men, one woman. They were called his chorus. The mediator was also telepathic, and the chorus and the mediator had this kind of psychic connection. And because of this ability, the chorus was able to speak for the mediator, capturing his various emotions and feelings. They were able to interpret his thoughts and put it into a spoken language. What was so fascinating about this episode was just how much these four people worked together to communicate to other people. Now, our text today brings us to the prophet Hosea. Hosea is a fascinating book. It's a fascinating prophet. Um, He is a, this is taking place in the final days of the northern kingdom. As we remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about the, uh, the North and the South split, and for several centuries, they were two separate nations. The Northern Kingdom at this time is basically teetering on collapse. They are basically a vassal state of the power of the nation of Assyria. 
but they don't like being under a serious thumb. So they are now trying to conspire with Egypt to work and to free themselves from this yoke. But this will not be successful. Assyria will come down and just completely destroy the northern kingdom. Its people are dispersed and lost to history. But before all of this, Hosea is called to tell the people about God. And he does this actually in, in various different ways. The first is he, he's called to marry this woman, a woman who is at least unfaithful, was supposed to be in some ways showing the sign of how Israel had been unfaithful to God. And then the children that were, uh, came from this marriage were given names that basically said God was angry with the people. And then we come to this text. And here, Hosea is expressing God's emotions. The message that Hosea has is one of anger, of love, and pain. As you can tell from that text, God is angry with the people of Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. God tells the people that it was God that loved Israel. It was God that carried them out of slavery in Egypt. God had heard the cries of the people and was able to defeat the Egyptians and to lead them out as free people. We are reminded of God's love for the people. And later in that chapter, in chapter 11, God's anguish love turns to anger because Israel went away to serve other gods. This chapter is where we see both this God of wrath and a God of love. Now, how this story and this text is usually preached is to talk about God's love for the people, God's feelings towards the people. And that is important. But sometimes we also need to see this from a different standpoint. What if we saw this from the standpoint of Hosea? What would it be like if Hosea is, just like in Star Trek, the chorus, the one that is interpreting the heart of God? The words that we see in this text are God's words, but they are spoken through Hosea. Hosea becomes an interpreter of God's heart. But Hosea is not a parrot. Just as the chorus and Riva have this relationship, Hosea has a relationship with God. And because of that relationship, he is able to speak to the people. And that was the case with all prophets. The prophets were always called to speak in God's place, to speak for God and to interpret what God was saying. All of them had a relationship with God, and it was through them that they, God conveyed God's message. 
Sometimes the message was incredibly harsh, as it was in the book of Amos. But sometimes, as it is here, it is a tender and anguished God that in the end cannot give up on the people. When you look at it that way, you then have to wonder, what is that saying about us? What is it saying about the church? The message from this text is not just that God loves us, but also that we are called to speak God's world word in our world today. There is an evangelical message in this text, a message to go into the world and speak God's word to the people. We live here in Matamidai in our context in what I think would be called a well-to-do suburb. And you could on some level think that everything is very placid, but we know that that's not true. There is pain here. There is anger. There is a loss of hope. There are children and teens that are dealing with homelessness. There is racism. There are a lot of things that are happening. Outside of the walls are people that are not as different from the people of Israel. They are people that God loves. And they are also people that break God's heart. Do we have a relationship that allows us to have the same heart for the people that Hosea had so that we can go into the world speaking from God's heart? Churches now in America are dealing with a changing culture. In the 1950s and 60s, the church was at the center of cultural life in America. People were nominally Christian. Church was what you did. But today, we are no longer the church-going nation that we used to be. That has left the church disestablished from culture. And as, our, as we see our pews become empty, as we see our church budget shrink, we all wonder what are we to do. And sometimes in our fretting, in our concern, we may miss what's simply the simple thing that God is calling us to do, is to share God's love for all. This changing role of the church and society does have an effect on our, on our society. And it is not good. About two years ago, there was an article written in the Atlantic magazine that was titled, America's Empty Church Problem. It was saying that America in 2017, when this was written, is becoming more and more secular. And all of the institutions are breaking down. As people in all of our culture, but especially the working class, live in a society where all of the things, the institutions that helped people in many ways are gone 
are crumbling. Families are fragmented. Churches have closed. Unions have broken up. Jobs have left. And with a lack of institutions that can help people to become productive members of our society, that makes people fearful and antagonistic, especially towards racial and ethnic groups. I want to share a quote from this article. The worse Americans fare in their own lives, the darker view of the country. According to PRRI, which is a research firm, white Republicans who seldom or never attend religious services are 19 points less likely than white Republicans who at least attend once a week to say that the American dream still holds true. But non-church-going conservatives didn't flock to Trump only because he articulated their despair. He also articulated their resentments. For decades, liberals have called the Christian right intolerant. When Christians, church conservatives disengage from organized religion, they don't become more tolerant. They become intolerant in different ways. Research shows that evangelicals who don't regularly attend church are less hostile to, I'm sorry, research shows that those who don't attend church are less hostile to gay people than those who do, but they are more hostile to African-Americans, Latinos, and Muslims. In 2008, the University of Iowa's Benjamin Knoll noted that among Catholics and mainline Protestants and born-again Protestants, the less you attended church, the more anti-immigration you are. In a society that is so fragmented, in a society where we are so isolated and so angry and so divided, can the church be a Hosea to the people? Do we feel, do we know that God loves us passionately like a parent loves a wayward child? And can we share that message with others? That is the mission of the church in these times. We are called in words and in deeds to tell of God's anger, but also God's love for us. Hosea was faithful to God and was able to convey God's feelings to the people. Today, the church is called to be faithful to God and to share the good news outside of these walls. Because right now, there are people who are longing for someone, for anyone, to tell them that they are loved by God and that, they will, that, that God will go to the ends of the earth to express that love. Eugene Peterson was a Presbyterian minister. He written many books, and one that you may be most familiar with is that he transcribed the Bible into kind of everyday English into what became the Message Bible. At his funeral last year, his son Leif shared that basically throughout his entire decades of ministry, he only had 
one sermon. And that's one sermon he did over and over and over again. His son Leif shared that with the people who were gathered there. And this is what Leif said. They thought you, meaning Eugene Peterson, were a magician in your long black robe, hiding so much in your ample sleeves, always pulling something fresh and making it think it was just for them. They didn't know how simple it was. They were blind to your secret. For 50 years, you steal into my room at night and whisper softly to my sleeping head. It's the same message over and over. God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. It's a message that I need to hear. It's a message that you need to hear. And it is a message that our friends, family, our friends, our neighbors, and all of the world needs to hear. Are we ready to be God's Hosea in these times? Because it is truly, most definitely, time. Thanks be to God. Amen.